Bismillah, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Salatu Wassalamu Ala Rasulillah, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh. So today, inshallah ta'ala, we are covering the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or the names of Allah ta'ala, Al-Alim, Al-Alim, Allamul Ghuyub. So three different names. Al-Alim is the name of Allah, which means the knowing. Al-Alim means the all-knowing. It's more, uh, you could say, emphatic. He's the all-knowing without ever needing to be taught uh, from any one superior, etc. No, he is the all-knowing. And then finally, al-alam would be the most emphatic form, and you only find it in the uh, in the uh, in the construct phrase of alamul ghuyub, which means the one who is completely and fully knowing of the unseen. And one of the implications of it is al-alam implies the one who not only knows everything, but he knows how to act accordingly as well. Now, this is going to be, inshallah ta'ala, a lengthy discussion because al-alim happens to occur 157 times in the Qur'an. It is something that occurs, subhanAllah, frequently. Al-alim is a name of Allah that occurs 157 times in the Qur'an, very frequent. And al-alim occurs 13 times, and then two more times in the plural. We are the most knowing alimin. Allah Ta'ala mentions twice in the Qur'an. So you could say that 13 times, or you could say 15 if you add those two extra ones that make uh, that is used in the royal we. And then alamul ghuyub occurs four times in the Qur'an. Now, what's amazing is how many different names of Allah are next to this name of Allah, al-alim. You find that so many different names of Allah are connected and mentioned uh, next to what? Uh, Allah's name being the most knowledgeable. Al-Alim al-Hakim. And also Al-Hakim al-Alim, vice versa. Occurs 37 times in the Qur'an. Combining what? The fact that Allah has all knowledge and information and He knows the best way to use it. This is hikmah, this is wisdom. Al-Alim al-Aziz occurs six times in the Qur'an. Letting us know what? That Allah's power comes uh, from knowledge, not just blind brute force. Al-Wasi' al-Alim occurs seven times in the Qur'an. Letting us know what? Letting us understand that Allah Ta'ala is infinitely vast, wasi', vast in His uh, abilities, in His mercy, in His ge- generosity, and all of this is guided by His knowledge. He knows who to give, when to give, how much to give, etc., etc. Al-Alim al-Qadir occurs four times in the Qur'an, and the, the concept is very similar to uh, Al-Alim al-Aziz, which, because Al-Qadir means the all-powerful. So this is combining Allah's full knowledge and full power. Why? Because knowledge without power means a person is incapable and power without knowledge implies that a person is misguided. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, neither of those apply to Allah ta'ala, rather he has full knowledge and full power. Al-Fatah al-Alim occurs once in the Qur'an and this implies what? That Allah ta'ala can open all doors. Al-Fatah, the one who can open all doors for you. And then you might ask the question, why then? Why are some doors closed to me? Why aren't all things open to me? And the answer is because he knows al-Alim, he's all knowledgeable, he knows what it would be good for you and what would not be good for you. Al-Khalaq al-Alim is mentioned twice in the Qur'an. Al-Khalaq meaning what? The uh, perpetual creator, the one who is constantly creating. And this implies what? That Allah Ta'ala is constantly creating, but not in a blind way or in an accidental way, rather in a way that has full and all-encompassing knowledge. Al-Sami' al-Alim occurs 32 times in the Qur'an. SubhanAllah. This is a really important one. 32 times, that's a lot. And... Why is this emphasized so much? To remind us that when people are talking, Allah Ta'ala is a samir he hears what you said, but in addition to that, al-alim, he knows what you meant. So this is something to be very cautious of. Sometimes people say one thing, they mean another. Sometimes people say one thing and they're not, you know, there's, there's a hidden intention or there's some sort of devious motivation. 
May Allah Ta'ala protect us. We should always remember that Allah is as-sami'ur al-alim. 32 times Allah Ta'ala is reminding us what? That I heard what you said, but I also know what you meant. I know what you intended behind that. So we need to be cautious uh, when we speak. Allah Ta'ala is uh, shakir, shakirun alim. This is uh, uh, mentioned twice in the Quran. In fact, the name of Allah, shakir, only occurs twice. And both times it's next to al-alim. Shakir meaning the one who is appreciative, appreciative of the good that you do. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala appreciates all the good that a person does and he never wastes any good deeds, no matter how small they are, uh, and he rewards abundantly because he is aware of every deed. He's aware of the deed, no matter how small it was, no matter how hidden it was, the fact is he is fully aware and therefore he can be fully appreciative. Hence why they go together. And furthermore, he appreciates uh, uh, the external deed because he knows the internal intention. This is, a really, this is another beautiful way of understanding. Why do these two go together? Well, because I am aware uh, of how you intended what you did, and so therefore I appreciate what you did because I know the intent behind it. So hence the two of knowing and appreciation. In terms of al-halim al-alim, which occurs three times in the Qur'an, halim means what? To have, you could say, patience or forbearance. And there's a few reasons as to why these two go together. We've mentioned this before when we covered the name of Allah, al-halim, but uh, just to reiterate... It's because, one reason is because those who have little knowledge always want to jump right away to show everybody the correct answer. But those with deep knowledge are patient enough to let others arrive at the truth in their own way. And so subhanAllah, this is going to show that Allah Ta'ala is halim, he is patient, and he is alim, he's all-knowing. Instead of just jumping and saying, I know everything, Allah Ta'ala sends revelation and allows us to understand and to become believers and to become convinced on our own time instead of just forcing us to believe. Allah Ta'ala is so knowledgeable that he does that he knows that some people need time to arrive at the truth, right? This is part of Allah's hilm, you could say, Allah's forbearance is that I know that this person if he's punished immediately, then he'll never get the chance to improve, but you know what? I'll give him time. And I'll give him time, I'll let him do bad things because he'll learn from all that. So you see the combination of knowing and being forbearing coming together in those circumstances. Furthermore, a disbeliever might think that they're unpunished because of Allah's ignorance. And so, to refute that doubt, Allah Ta'ala combines his perfect knowledge. He's saying, I know exactly what you're doing, O sinner. I know exactly what you're doing. But I am also uh, Al-Halim, the one who is the most forbearing, which explains why you're still unpunished. In other words, your justice is going to come, but that doesn't mean that Allah Ta'ala has to jump into uh, action and punish somebody immediately. We don't have to look at it that way. Rather, we can know that Allah Ta'ala has his time and uh, nobody can, you, you know, like goading somebody, like pushing, no, why don't you do it right away? Allah Ta'ala will reward and punish on his own time. Furthermore, Allah Ta'ala is Al-Alim Al-Khabir. And you might say that, you know, Al-Alim Al-Khabir seem like the same name. Uh, when these two names are separate, they both mean the all-knowing. But when they're joined together, they imply a slight difference, a slight nuance. Al-Alim refers to Allah's knowledge of what is apparent and outer and actual, while Al-Khabir refers to Allah's knowledge of what is hidden or inner or even theoretical. So yes, usually uh, when they're separate, they, mean, they both mean Allah's all-knowing in every way. But when they're put together, then one of them is more in reference to the uh, actual or external, and then uh, the other is referring to the internal or perhaps the hypothetical or theoretical. Yes, we should be cognizant of the fact that Allah Ta'ala has full knowledge of what's coming. Allah knows what every female carries and what the wombs lose prematurely or exceed. 
and everything with him is by due measure. Allah Ta'ala knows what's coming in the future in terms of people, in terms of uh, you know, what type of individuals will be on planet Earth. Allah Ta'ala has perfect knowledge of what's happening in the land and in the sea. As Allah says, Allah knows what is in the land and what is on the sea. Allah Ta'ala knows what's good for us. To him belongs the keys of the heavens and the earth. He extends provisions for whom he wills and he restricts it. Saying what? Sometimes I'll give you and sometimes I'll withhold from you. And you're wondering, Ya Allah, why? And Allah says, indeed, he is of all things knowing. In other words, I know what's good for you. I know what's too much for you. Some people say, I should be so rich. I should. You don't know what, 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 uh, what that would come with. You don't know how that would affect you. We should be trusting in Allah Ta'ala that he gives in accordance to what he knows about us. Furthermore, Allah Ta'ala has perfect knowledge. And this is connected to the fact that we should only worship him. إِنَّمَا إِلَهُكُمُ اللَّهُ الَّذِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا هُوْ وَسِعَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ عِلْمًا Your God is only Allah, except for whom there is no other deity. There is no deity. He has encompassed all things in His knowledge. In other words, why would you worship and pray to anything that doesn't have full knowledge? Because obviously that thing won't be able to help you because there will be certain things that that thing doesn't know and can't, can't help with and can't uh, you know, uh, foresee, etc., we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who is completely all-knowing and therefore Allah ta'ala can take care of you and know what is best for your circumstances and knows how to set things up for you and so on and so forth. Furthermore, Allah ta'ala has perfect knowledge of what is in the heavens. There's a beautiful hadith in Tirmidhi that mentions how the heavens crack and they moan and they have the right to moan. And ta'ittama fiha illa There is no spot, the size of even four fingers in them, except that there is an angel placing his forehead in, in it in prostration to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, Allah ta'ala is fully aware of the vastness of the entire universe of all the heavens above us and how they are packed with the angels just worshipping Allah Ta'ala constantly. Allah Ta'ala is aware of all of this. There's a, a very interesting hadith in Sahih Bukhari that says what? Miftahul ghaybi khamsun That there are, the, key, the keys of the unseen are five and nobody knows them except Allah. La ya'lamuha illallah. What are these five keys of the, uh, of the heavens? La ya'lamu ahadun ma yakunu fi ghadan. Nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Wa la ya'lamu ahadun ma yakunu fil arham. Nobody knows what's happening in the wombs. وَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَاذَا تَكْسِبُ غَدًا No soul knows what it's going to earn tomorrow. وَمَا تَدْرِي نَفْسٌ بِأَيِّ أَرْضٍ تَمُوتُ And nobody knows on what land they're going to die. وَمَا يَدْرِي أَحَدٌ مَتَى يَجِيءُ الْمَطَرِ And nobody knows about the rains or the provisions that are going to come. We don't know these things, only Allah Ta'ala knows. Hence Allah Ta'ala is the one to be worshipped. Allah Ta'ala's knowledge is so incredible that we know the story uh, that's mentioned in Sahih Bukhari in which the Prophet mentions that when Musa السلام, became a student and was uh, learning under Khidr السلام, what happened? That they boarded a boat and as they were going along they saw that there was a sparrow that took a little bit of, uh, that dipped its uh, you know, uh, beak into the water and took just a tiny little sip and then uh, Khidr says to Musa, Ya Musa, ما نقص علمي وعلمك من علم الله إلا مثل ما نقص هذا العصفور that he says, Ya Musa, O Moses, my knowledge and your knowledge have not decreased Allah's knowledge except as much as this sparrow has decreased the water of the sea with its beak. In other words, this is saying what? Can you imagine what percentage the sea, the oceans, they go down when uh, an animal takes a little sip? The answer is nothing. And even, you know, subhanAllah, 
you might say, oh, point, oh, oh, oh. It's, it's an analogy to say what? My knowledge, the whole, the whole concept is what? That Musa alayhi salam thought, well, since I'm a prophet, I must have the most knowledge. Then Allah tells him, well, there's somebody who has other knowledge than you. And then so, okay, he's got a whole great deal of impressive knowledge. And now there's somebody else that has this great deal of impressive knowledge. So he goes to be a student. And so you might get the impression that, oh, my goodness, these are two giants, which they are, by the way. These are two huge giants, and their knowledge must be so enormous. And it's like, yes, they are compared to us, absolutely. But compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's saying, listen, even big heavyweights like you and I, what do we really know in comparison to Allah? The answer is basically, subhanAllah, it's insignificant. SubhanAllah, just goes to show the humility. And there's a very beautiful quote that I find so uh, funny. Uh, uh, that's uh, from the Salaf, I'm not sure, from you know, our early predecessors. I don't know, I can't say who it's attributed to, but it's just a nice quote anyhow. It says, regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, عَلِمَ مَا كَانْ وَعَلِمَ مَا يَكُونْ وَعَلِمَ مَا سَيَكُونْ وَعَلِمَ مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ لَوْ كَانَ كَيْفَ كَانَ يَكُونَ <laughs> So it's just, <laughs> seems like a bit of a play on words, but anyway, it says what? Allah knows what was, Allah knows what is, and Allah knows what will be, and He knows how whatever didn't happen would have happened had it happened. <laughs> so, I don't know if you caught that, but anyway, subhanAllah, very interesting quote, and just saying that subhanAllah, whether it be what happened before, what is happening, what will happen, or whether... Even in the hypothetical realm, subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala knows whatever didn't happen, had it happened, how it would have happened, subhanAllah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala knows all of this. Just to really get an idea of Allah Ta'ala's infinite knowledge. So what effect should this have on us? Number one, we should never go to a fortune teller. As the Prophet says, what? مَنْ أَتَى عَرَّافًا فَسَأَلَهُ عَنْ شَيْءٍ لَمْ تُقْبَلْ لَهُ صَلَاةٌ أَرْبَعِينَ لَيْلَةً Whoever visits a, a soothsayer, diviner, uh, you know, fortune teller, whatever term you want to use, you know, somebody who claims this type of uh, knowledge of the unseen, whoever goes and asks this type of person about anything, his prayers extending for 40 nights will not be accepted. Ibn Uthaymeen, uh, rahimahullah, comments on this hadith and he says, visiting a fortune teller just out of curiosity, that is haram according to the above-mentioned hadith. Visiting a, t- a fortune teller and believing it, that is kufr, uh, according to Surah An-Naml, ayah number 65. Uh, visiting a fortune teller and challenging that individual, that is allowed. Especially if in your community there's somebody who is causing fitna and saying, I have knowledge of this, that, and the other, and you want to go prove them wrong, then if you want to go interrogate and, and basically uh, you know, um, expose them, then this is allowed. And not only that, it could be an obligation if the fitna is something that is great. This is mentioned in uh, his book, Al-Qawl al-Mufid, Ala Kitab al-Tawheed. So, yeah, it's an interesting point. Now, regarding point number two, how should this name of Allah Ta'ala, Al-Alim, Al-Alam Al-Ghuyub, Al-Alim, the fact that Allah Ta'ala is all-knowing, how should this affect us? Well, knowing that Allah Ta'ala knows our thoughts should make us more sincere. As, as Allah Ta'ala says, وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ فَاحْذَرُوهُ And know that Allah knows what is within yourselves, so beware of Him. Know for a fact that Allah Ta'ala knows what's going on in, in yourselves, so therefore beware of Him. In other words, mind your thoughts. SubhanAllah, I definitely say that this is something that I think is a very powerful reminder for all of us, including myself, that you know, sometimes you let your mind run wild with all sorts of ridiculous nonsense. And there's a beautiful quote from Ibn al-Qayyim where he says, If you ask me the question, What is the way to protecting your thoughts? I'll say back in response to you, He said, There are many causes. Ahaduha, the first one, Al-ilmu al-jazimu bi-tila'i al-rabb 
He says, absolute knowledge of Allah's, Allah's observation and looking into your heart and his knowledge of every detail of your thoughts. So the first thing you have to know is that the fact is Allah Ta'ala can see what's going on in my mind, what's going on in my heart. That's the first step. If you really want to mind your thoughts, then first and foremost, be aware that Allah Ta'ala knows what you're thinking and how you're feeling and what's going on in your heart. Step two is what? Athani. Haya'uka minhu. The second step is what? To have shyness from him. And then the third step. Athalithu. Ijlaluka lahu an yara mithla tilka al khawatiri fi baytihi alladhi khalaqahu li ma'rifatihi wa mahabbatihi. Subhanallah. These were words that should be written in gold. This is just really beautiful. Look what he says. He says the third point after knowing that Allah can see your, what's going on in your mind and in your heart, and after being shy of him. The third step is what? Your reverence. For him, your reverence and respect for Allah Ta'ala and your reverence and your fear of him, what? Seeing the like of those thoughts in his house, which he made to know and love him. The reason why I love this is because he refers to your mind and he refers to your heart as what? As Allah's house. You should have a fear and a sense of reverence and awe and shyness that I do I really want that these filthy, ugly thoughts are occupying Allah's house? SubhanAllah, when you think of it from that perspective, I really do think that it, it, it creates a, uh, you know, a, a sense of urgency and a sense of respect that I need, really need to clear my mind of all sorts of nonsense things because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees this and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is my house. I made this so that you know me and I made this heart so that it can love me and you're filling it with garbage? You're filling it with nonsense? SubhanAllah, why not fill it with the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Ar-Rabi'ah, fourthly, Number four is what? That you fear, your fear of him, that you may fall in his estimation because of those thoughts. In other words, because of that, you realize, I don't want to fall in Allah Ta'ala's estimation. Your preference of him instead of letting your heart harbor other than his love. So subhanAllah, you know, I just think that this is so well said, so beautifully said, that remember that Allah Ta'ala is fully aware Beware of filling your heart, filling your mind, especially when your heart is Allah's house, the place where Allah Ta'ala should reside in a way that obviously befits His majesty in the sense of remembering Allah Ta'ala. SubhanAllah, very powerful. Point number three is what? Submission to and full contentment with Allah's laws because you know that they're grounded in perfect knowledge. Many Muslims might struggle with this, but the fact is this sharia, this deen is perfect because it comes from al-alim. As Allah Ta'ala says, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ but no, by your Lord, they will not truly believe until they make you, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, judge, judge concerning that over which they dispute among themselves and then find within themselves no discomfort for what you have judged and submit full, in full willness, fully, fully willing submission. In other words, you have to be aware that if Allah is all-knowing, that means his sharia is based on full, perfect knowledge, therefore I must submit to it fully. Point number four, confidence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the plans of the disbelievers. In other words, sometimes people say, oh man, the disbelievers, they're doing this, they're plotting that, and how are we ever going to beat them? SubhanAllah, Allah ta'ala is fully aware of all their plots and plans. Wallahu a'lamu bi'a'da'ikum, and Allah is most knowing of your enemies. وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ وَلِيًّا وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ نَصِيرًا And Allah is sufficient as an ally. And Allah Ta'ala is sufficient as a helper. SubhanAllah. So we should remember this ayah. Furthermore, point number five, seeking knowledge as a means of nearness to Al-Alim. You should recognize that if Allah Ta'ala is Al-Alim, the all-knowing, 
and therefore he loves those who seek ilm. How do we know this? Because the Prophet said what? Fadlul alimi ala al-abidi kafadli ala adnakum. That the superiority of the scholar over the worshipper is like my superiority over the least of you, speaking to the Sahaba. So obviously we know that the difference between the Prophet and the Sahaba, even though the Sahaba are the greatest of generations, it, you can't compare. The Prophet is the Prophet. Uh, so therefore, we want, to ha- we want to be able to share knowledge as well and become teachers as well as he, وسلم, was our teacher. Then the Prophet continued and said that, Inna Allah wa malaikatahu wa malaikatahu that indeed Allah and His angels and the inhabitants of the heavens and the earth, even the ant in its hole, even the fish, they send blessings upon the one who teaches people good. SubhanAllah, what encouragement to learn that which is good and to teach it, to keep learning and to keep teaching. This is the constant state we should be in, remembering that Allah Ta'ala is ultimately Al-Alim, the All-Knowing. Furthermore, you have to ask the question, how much do we value our teachers? How much do we respect our teachers? How much do we pay them? Let's, Let's ask that question. If somebody's a really great teacher in the community, most of the time, the answer is what? Brother, you should be doing volunteer work. SubhanAllah, you know, uh, is there, you know, you really have to ask yourself how much uh, respect and how much reverence does this person actually receive? Now, on the, I, I understand the flip side to that argument. You don't want to shower them with so much money that it becomes, uh, you know, someone chases uh, ilm of Islam for the, for the wrong reasons and makes them insincere. But there has to be a middle course, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, do we consider teaching to be a noble title? Do we, you know, you're a teacher. Is that a noble title or is that kind of like, oh my goodness, this guy's a teacher? Ugh. You know, people kind of roll their eyes at such a title. We should remember that the title teacher is of the highest, of the most noble titles. Why? Because it was one of the titles of the Prophet as we as, as mentioned in Sahih Muslim. Inna Allah lam yaba'athni mu'annitan wala muta'annitan. Allah Ta'ala did not send me to be harsh nor to cause harm, but He sent me as a teacher. So the Prophet is being described as what? Mu'allim, teacher. And to muyassiran, to make things easy for people. Furthermore, the Prophet says what? Ad-dunya mal'unatun. Mal'unun ma fiha illa dhikrallah wa ma walahu aw aliman aw muta'aliman. That this world is cursed and everything in it and whatever is in it is cursed. This whole dunya is cursed except for what? For essentially four things. The remembrance of Allah and what is conductive to it. In other words, remembering Allah Ta'ala and then all the things that are connected to the remembrance of Allah. Like every good deed that is done sincerely essentially has the remembrance of Allah in it because you're doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah. And so, dhikrullah, whatever is connected to the remembrance of Allah. Number, number three is what? The alim the one who studies and learns and has knowledge, and then what? Al-Muta'allim, the student, the one who is acquiring knowledge. SubhanAllah, this goes to show that you should constantly be in a state of remembering Allah Ta'ala, doing all your good deeds, doing every deed with the remembrance of Allah, and you should always be in a state of learning and teaching, learning and teaching. May Allah Ta'ala give us uh, steadfastness. Allah maj'alna, nas'aluka al-thabat, ya Allah. Oh Allah, we ask you for uh, firmness. Furthermore, the Prophet said what? من سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله له به طريقا إلى الجنة. He who treads the path in search of knowledge, Allah would make that path easy, leading to paradise for him. Sixthly, Allah subhanahu wa taala curses those who conceal knowledge. So when it comes to علم, when it comes to Allah taala being al-alim, we should know that Allah taala teaches, Allah taala sends us revelation. 
Ar-Rahman, Allama al-Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala is uh, the most abundantly merciful and the, perhaps the greatest, if not the greatest manifestation of that is what? Allama al-Qur'an, He taught us the Qur'an. So Allah Ta'ala is describing Himself as teaching. And so therefore, one of the things that you can do that will have you cursed is what? Is if you conceal knowledge. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَكْتُمُونَ مَا أَنزَلْنَا مِنَ الْبَيِّنَاتِ وَالْهُدَى مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا بَيَّنَّاهُ لِلنَّاسِ فِي الْكِتَابِ أُولَئِكَ يَلْعَنُهُمُ اللَّهِ وَيَلْعَنُهُمُ اللَّاعِنُونَ Indeed, those who conceal what we sent down of clear proofs and guidance after we made it clear for the people in the scripture, those are the cursed by Allah and cursed by those who curse. And the final point is what we should make dua. We should make dua for good knowledge and make dua to be protected from useless, vain, nonsense knowledge that is going to fill our heads with garbage. And so the two du'as that I'd like to close with is what? Rabbi zidni ilma. Rabbi zidni ilma, short, concise, beautiful du'a. Oh Allah, increase us in knowledge. Or increase me in knowledge. Rabbana zidna ilma, you can make it plural. Oh Allah, increase all of us in knowledge. And then of course the du'a. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min ilmin la yanfa' wa qalbin la yakhsha' wa du'a'in la yusma' wa nafsin la tashba'. Oh Allah, I take refuge in you. Uh, from knowledge that does not benefit and a heart that is not humble and a supplication that is not accepted and a soul that is never satisfied. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Jamdul khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.